Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Pure Hope with your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, everybody, to the Pure Hope Show. I love words. And so I'm going to tell you that on my desk at this time, there is a deck of cards called Until Today. And every time I walk into my office, I pick one of those cards up every day, and they say things such as, Until Today, you may have been totally absorbed by the people or duties or responsibilities or obligations in your life. So just for today, absorb yourself in yourself and personal knowledge that is available in this here and now. And I love that card, that card I picked today. So I want you all to relax and join us and absorb into the knowledge that we are going to be getting today. We have just uh, moved out of Earth Day, although I believe that every day is Earth Day. But we have just moved out of Earth Day, and certainly in the Midwest, we are now moving in more and more to our springtime weather. So this show is dedicated to the beauty of the Earth and all of God's beloved animals and all of life uh, we have encountered. We have many beautiful guests on the Pure Hope Show, but I do not think that we have ever had in the five and a half years we've been on that we've had uh, anybody come and talk about beloved animals and speaking to the animals. And so I can't think of a more beautiful time of year than spring and Earth Day to learn about the energy of animals and how to communicate with our beloved animals. So first, let me tell you this. This is indeed a live show tonight. Yay! Our guest is calling in from Florida. But you can join in on our conversation and discussion. So I hope there's people out there that will be calling in. The number to call is 213-559-2974. Press the number one and our program director, Tom, I call him our technical guru. He'll put you on the air with us if you have a question or a comment that you have for Lori. So the first, a little bit about our guest tonight, Lori um, is a best-selling author, speaker, spiritual teacher, ascension guide, multi-dimensional channel, intuitive, animal communicator, energy healer, visionary, who assists others to awaken their alignment with their true divine source, which exists within each and every being on the planet, so that all beings can live the very best life ever. Lori radically transformed her life after a series of near-death experiences and an induction and abduction experience while living in Maui. She is a best-selling author of the book, How Psychic Are You? Uh, Seven Simple Steps to Unlocking Your Psychic Potential, as well as Animal in the Afterlife and Learn Animal Communication, as well as the author of her upcoming book, Two Years in Maui. Lori has over 20 years experience serving humans and animals around the world, offering seminars and workshops on how 
we can improve our lives by learning from the animals and aligning with our true divine source and our fifth dimensional reality and beyond. Lori is perhaps most well known for her recognition of the deep and intimate animal-human connection in terms of how animals mirror their human behavior, our human behaviors, physical and emotional tendencies, and for the focus on that interconnection of all beings. Her holistic approach is not simply about for the animal, but also for the humans in this world and for the deep bond between us. Moreover, Lori's services provide to humans that which their animal friends and the greater animal kingdom wants and desires all humans to know. We have some great questions for Lori tonight. So once again, be a part of our program. Call in if you wish. The number is 213-559-2974. Press the number one. Don't be shy. Ask Lori questions or uh, we welcome in comments. So, Lori, you are on the air tonight. Thank you for coming on our program. Hello, Health. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about our show tonight, and I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, my God. I hope we can already have you on again because we were talking before we got (laughs) on the air about can star beings be animals? And so you've, you've taught me so much just in a few moments. So. But what, right off the bat, I'm going to ask you, Lori, about how did these gifts come about for you? Tell us a bit about your awakening and your death experiences. Well, the way it started for me was that, um, you know, I grew up and, you know, out of my life, I always loved animals. But after college, I worked for the first almost 20 years in college, uh, after college in corporate America. But I was never happy, and I used to have this ongoing mantra that I wanted to be of service to animals on a global scale. I just kept saying it over and over again every day. And on, you know, weekends and weeks off, you know, vacation time, I was always volunteering and traveling around the world doing volunteer projects. But eventually what ended up happening was my brother died of an unexpected drug overdose. And when he crossed over... I started getting messages from him that were very real and undeniable in spite of how often, you know, I tested it. And basically his message to me, I mean, he was my catalyst. It, it was, you know, you, you have to change your ways because if you don't, you're, you're on the same kind of course that I'm on. Because prior, mm-hmm. prior to his death, I was drinking and smoking and going to doctors who were pumping me up with pharmaceutical drugs. I was really unhealthy. Hair was falling out. You know, my thyroid was off. I was just not sleeping, you know, over-caffeinating, the whole thing. I was $150,000 in debt. I was just not living my right path. So after he crossed over and I realized that was a, a message to really heed, I quit my job and I got hired. I got hired as a um, dog trainer by a gentleman who spent 20 years working for the United States government training service dogs. And when he left his his employment with the government, he started his own business as a dog trainer, and then he recruited people to work for him. And we went through a really rigorous training process. And even for, like, the first year that I worked with him, we really weren't allowed to work with client animals. We just worked with dogs in very high-kill shelters and um, helping to rehabilitate them. And we were being videotaped and critiqued. And anyway, flash forward to, to, to get to the point, what happened was I had to do everything, you know, automatically with him. You couldn't think. So 
my brain stopped working and the left analytical brain, I wasn't figuring anything out. I was just doing everything in an automated way. And what would happen was the animals would start talking to me. I could hear them. They would say to mm. me over and over again, you listen to me and I will teach you. So that's how it started. <laughs> but then after that, mm. I got started to get happy. I started to get healthy and happy again because I was doing what I loved. I'll, I'll make this fast. And then my husband at that time divorced me, basically. He was like, I'm not having any of this. You're getting too happy. <laughs> and, you know, you think you can, you know, quit smoking. You think that's actually possible. Like, I was already getting off the cigarettes. I was already starting to wean off of all that unhealthy behavior. But what ended up happening was after that divorce, I went to Maui to heal, you know, and to become a dog trainer and an animal communicator. And I started getting, you know, like I got into Reiki. I got my Reiki master. I started practicing complementary healing practices and alternative healing. And I was meditating every day. And for two years, this was happening. And I was studying very ancient practices with some incredible masters. And I was transcending my own physicality. And I was learning how to literally practice a lot of those ancient rituals that aren't really known in the West so that I could transcend the body. Not that I, that, not that that's what you need to do, but that's just what I thought at that time. Right. And through all of those practices and through all of the animal communication that I was doing while I was there, that's where the gifts developed. Plus I had, I, I had an induction experience where I was living on a golf course and then I'll complete with this part of the story. <laughs> but I was living on a golf course I was meditating every night through the night on the golf course, and I would see star, you know, starships, and I knew that they weren't, you know, they weren't like uh, satellites, and they, they weren't stars. And at you know, two o'clock in the morning in Maui, there's no planes, at, not back then anyway. And I mm-hmm. had literally a tel, you know, teletransportation type of experience where I was teletransported onto a ship, and my star family activated a lot of my own inner knowings. And at the time, I didn't even know what that was. I really didn't understand it as much. But through that process, that's where it all started. And we can kind of, like, take it from there. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot. But. Uh, I, oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm going to ask you that question that I asked you when we were off the air. Uh, because I had a channeling with someone, and I told them that the animals, the dogs that they were house-sitting, where were spatial beings, were star seeds. And so I was curious about that and I was wondering if I was accurate. So what are you what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean animals are just like us in that way, that they come here to have an experience just like we do. And they also have souls. So their soul, based on whoever they are as an individual, has either made lots of progression and is really very, very conscious of themselves, you know, of whoever they are. So in that way they could be, they definitely could be like a star seed or a walk-in, absolutely could be a multidimensional being with consciousness of themselves in that way. Or, you know, they could also just be an animal companion here to have an experience and here to help their human evolve and grow and learn as well. So both are true. Well, I know that you have a lot of gifts, but uh, and it is apparent through your bio and the work that you do. And um, But I wanted to take an opportunity about the animal communication where I know that whales sing and wolves howl and birds kind of tweet and chirp and frogs croak. So tell our listeners tonight, 
what do you think that the animal kingdom right now is trying to relate to the world at this time? Yeah, I love that. Well, as a collective, let's talk about the animals as a collective. Animals in general, non-human animals, are actually a little, we wouldn't necessarily know this coming from where our consciousness is coming from, but most animals as a collective are more evolved in the sense of their consciousness than humans. And, you know, more is only a comparison word, but what I'm saying is, the way I translate this is they're using more of their right brain, which is the awareness brain, the intuitive brain, it's not trying to figure out anything. It just knows what it knows. So we're just starting to develop our right brain, but we've been primarily using our left brain. Animals have a left brain ability, but they don't use it to the extent that we do. So they're more balanced with their left brain and their right brain. And at the same time, their heart centers are much more open than ours have been. So they're wide open in the heart center. So they're still using all kinds of consciousness and brain matter in the heart that we're just starting to develop. So from that perspective, what animals really are trying to do, in a sense, is help humans to expand our consciousness by learning a universal language of energy, which is the future language of humanity, of all of humanity on earth. This future language of energy, we already speak it. We're already speaking it. It's just we're more unconscious of the way we're using it. And they're much more conscious about the way they use this universal language of energy, which, by the way, is a universal language of love. That's the language Mm -hmm. animals speak. And that's what they're here to assist us in. So as we learn it, we become more universal conscious beings. Hmm. Hmm. I would agree with that totally because, you know, the, um, I do not, and am not an owner of a dog right now, but I had this dog that I could do no wrong. And it just loved me, loved me, loved me, loved me. And it just opened up my heart chakra and it was purely unconditional love. So, yes. Yes. Um, and you know, because that's so true. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I just say, it's so true, Hope, because animals, I mean, animals are the ultimate empaths. They really Uh are. I say that all the time. They feel everything in their environment, and they're conscious of it. It's like they identify a sensation immediately as an energetic frequency. So the human could be carrying stress or anxiety from their day, and the human walks in the room, the animal feels it. The human could be angry or upset about an experience or some interaction in a relationship. The human's carrying that anger or thinking or feeling it. The animal senses it immediately. They don't have to process it. They feel it and know it. And so they are. They're the ultimate empaths, the ultimate. They sponge it up, you know, and then they express it somehow for us. You know, so you're absolutely mm-hmm. right, Dave. And because the reason they're unconditional love, because that is them at their core. They're pure, and in that purity, they can feel whatever and sense whatever's going on around them. Yes. Yeah. So, what do you think is the root cause and cure of all the health-related issues in all animals right now, including humans? What What do you think um, they die of, or what is that root cause? And 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 yes. you know, like. Yeah, okay. so, so in our human reality, the reality we've been living in, which I call a third-dimensional reality, 
right? That reality that we've been existing in is based on separation. And so in that reality, the root cause of every disease is unknown. You might have gotten it from an ancestor. It might be in your genetics, but you still, it's unknown. You're basically a victim of it for the most part. That's the way we've been functioning. But in reality, this is part of what animals are teaching us. The root cause of every disease is an energetic vibration. And that energetic vibration is the result of patterns of thinking and the emotional responses to those thoughts. So those patterns of thinking exist within our consciousness, and they might have been passed down through lineages. So your grandmother's grandmother's grandmother could have said uh, something like, um, there's no sweetness in life, there's no joy in life, don't stop and enjoy, work, 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 there's no time to stop and smell the roses, don't stop. And that could translate through lineages until it forms diabetes in the body. You know, no sweetness, can't process the sweetness, can't process the joy, no time to enjoy, work like a dog. That's the energetic vibration in this case of diabetes. So the point is the root cause of every disease is an energetic vibration that's out of alignment with source, right? Because there's a thinking pattern and an emotional response that's out of alignment with source. Source is love, peace, harmony, acceptance, forgiveness, understanding, compassion, those energies don't cause disease. Correct. But the energies of anger, resentment, judgment, blame, shame, guilt, grief, regret, remorse, etc., those energies cause disease. But it's us who's been thinking and feeling them. So just to tie this into the animals, the root cause of the disease, they're conscious of it, they might experience it in the household. They might take it on or sponge it up in an effort to heal and resolve it or to teach their human or help their human to learn what's going on in the environment so they can make a change. But mm-hmm. ultimately, they're just, it's another vibration of energy that they're conscious of. So as we heal and resolve those energies within us and come into alignment with source, we become eventually, with some kind of time or perseverance, through the healing journey, We become free of disease. I agree totally with you. Some people do not like that answer. Um, But I agree totally with you because I believe it's vibration, 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 vibration. So when when these beloved animals who have their heart chakras open, who just give unconditionally, really they are best one of our, if not the best teacher gurus in our life, to open up the heart chakra to come into divine alignment with the, our holiness and with the with with the holy. Yes, exactly. Yep. And I mean, I realize that some people don't like that, but you know, this is a time on planet Earth where we're all kind of being triggered to expand our consciousness beyond that which we have perceived and believed to be true. So I get it. Sometimes, like I'm a catalyst, and sometimes I say words that kind of trigger, and it's not my intent necessarily to trigger it's just my intention to offer a greater perspective that will take us beyond that which we've known in the past because if we're willing to open up to this perspective imagine imagine the future as humans awaken to this that we can heal and resolve it within it within us by writing our thoughts and our beliefs and our emotions and our the energy within our entire bodies and beings that future when we open up to this perspective and these potentials means we live as a, as a humanity disease-free. 
that that potential yeah. is real. It, it's it's a real from my perspective as an intuitive and as an ascension worker. That's a given. It's an automatic. That's the future we're going to align with. Now I realize not everybody sees it that way. I do. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I do. Me too. You're, yeah. You're speaking my. You're speaking my song and. Everything that I hear from spirit and oneness, um, that we have the ability to raise our vibrational frequency into divine alignment and live a life of pure joy, happiness, and um, all that you are saying. So what do animals say about being eaten? Those who are carnivorous, what do the animals say about being eaten? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I I really love this question because um it's really actually interesting. So interesting. So let me tell you the first thing is that the the fish I have asked fish that question. Many fish and I've always managed to get the same answer from fish, but only fish in the wild like while I'm sitting on a pond looking at the fish like fish in the wild. And the answer I always got from fish was this kind of like scratching their head kind of energy, even though they can't really do that, but that sensation of like, like low, like looking at your eyes, like baffled, like, huh? 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 Well, well, we eat each other. Like that's fascinating. There wasn't any wrongness in it. We, we wow. eat each other. That's, uh-huh. yeah. Those are the only animals I ever heard that from. So pigs on the other extreme. Every pig I ever spoke with said, it is against our free will to be eaten. And this is an area, the reason we've taken on a contract as a collective group to be eaten, because everything's contracts and agreements, was to teach people about honoring free will, regardless of what your own personal free will is, to learn to honor free will and to understand it's against our free will to be eaten. Then... Cows are really interesting, too. The thing with cows is that they typically say, look, if you're going to eat us, the very least you could do is let us have a good life while we're alive. Give us free range. Let us live freely. Stop force breeding us. Stop pumping us up with chemicals and genetically modified, you know, junk. And Mm -hmm. never, ever, ever, this is where they get pretty enraged is what, what's done to the calf, you know, that they take the calf away. So this, and, the, and this I'll, I'll share, really fascinating that the collective of the cows recently shared with me that they have taken on a self-sabotage, a willingness to self-sabotage, and that they're carrying a dormant virus that they're willing to expose if humans don't change our future in terms of how we treat the cows. And so it's dormant. But that wow. humans are meant to learn to stop, yeah, because they're not willing to have their ca- their calves treated. I mean, they're pretty serious. But from what I get, this is me translating, you know. Uh-huh. But can uh-huh. I just I, I just want to say a, cu- a couple other things. Like I once met this cow. I went to this healing. I went to a sanctuary to do healing for the animals at the sanctuary, farm animals who were rescued. I didn't know any of the story of any of the animals, and I approached this cow who had a benign tumor on his chin. That was one of the people. They, they asked me to work with that cow specifically at the sanctuary. And when I went to put my hands on him, not necessarily touch him, but just near him, he said, oh, 
or I'm an old man. Don't waste your healing on me. Go help someone else. And I said, oh, my God, like my heart just like broke open, you know. And I was like, oh, my God, you're just so beautiful. You matter so much. Please receive. Let me offer you whatever I can offer you. It's not me. It's just source anyway who does the healing. You know, I'm just here to facilitate. And so he received, you know, and it was so beautiful. And while the healing came through, he said, this tumor, I carry the weight of all the cows who were slaughtered before me. And I thought, oh, my God, this animal is just so beautiful, you know, like such incredible benevolent being. Like I fell so deeply in love with him. And anyway, after the healing part, I went and I told the people at the sanctuary what I received from the cow. And he, they said, Lori, he was the last cow that was rescued from the slaughterhouse right before the slaughterhouse was closed. Isn't that fascinating? Wow. wow. It is And the tumor... And here's what's even more fascinating. The tumor was benign. Now, why is that? He was benign. He was so benevolent. So ah. the tumor was like some belief system of his that he had to somehow self-carry some kind of anger for, or something for them. But because he was so benign, that tumor was like not harmful to him. It's just so fascinating. Yeah. Wow. So are the yeah. animals trying to say anything like when we have these suits or, you know, like all of the dogs that were in uh, Hurricane Katrina, are, are they trying to tell us anything? Would they like us to know anything of patterns or what we're supposed to be learning? I don't know. Well, I think one of the biggest things that animals want to teach humans that is so important and it's really challenging for humans is to not perpetuate their pain and suffering by adding to it. So what does that mean? It's, it's humans, most humans, especially in, you know, this third dimensional reality that we're kind of like liberating ourselves from through expanding our consciousness. We've been sort of trained that if you show the pain of an animal, someone will wake up and make a difference. Some, if you keep posting all the oh, suffering of animals, yep. pictures of animals being tortured, abused, or whatever, that somehow that will open the hearts of another, and that other person will somehow care and stop it. But actually, that's quite the opposite, that through our posting of their pain and their suffering, showing the pictures and showing images, we're actually adding energy to the very thing we want to stop. So we're feeding the energy of that which we don't want anymore. This is such wow. a big message from the animals. They say over and over again, stop feeding the pain and the suffering with your own sadness and grief over what we've gone through. And instead, promote and put your energy into all of the greatness that's happening for animals. Every good thing that's happening, every time an animal is you know, celebrate their triumph and post and promote everything positive rather than indulging in the pain and suffering. And I just to add one last thing, and I know this is going to trigger people, but please let it, let it break your heart open rather than, like, making you angry. This from the animals that I've translated, the worst animal abusers on the planet are well-meaning animal lovers who continue to post abuse 
and neglectful pictures of animals, of how animals are abused and neglected, because their hearts are open, and they have all this energy of the sadness, the grief, the pain, and the suffering, and they're just posting it with all that energy and the wrongness of it, the judgment of it, and all that energy actually is the worst kind of abuse that animals suffer. That's what they say. Oh, oh my God. I hope every person is really listening to that piece because you don't know how many times, even how pet shelters yes, will they don't realize. post. Yes, or tell the story of pain of what's happening to the animals. Yes, so. yes. And you see, because the people who care feel that pain. The people who don't care don't pay any attention to it. But the people who care feel that pain, and then we add our energy to that pain. So it's just so much um, more helpful to the animals if we continue to indulge in, celebrate in the greatness of the things that are happening for them and the consciousness that's helping them. Like, woohoo, let's celebrate. More and more animals are not being given, you know, artificial hormones. That is something to celebrate. You know, animals on farms are, that's, that, that practice is stopping, uh-huh. you know, or coming, uh-huh. becoming more conscious. That's something to celebrate, you know, that kind of thing. What a wonderful teacher anyway. you are because you're still talking vibration, 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 vibration. You're, you're talking about joy and love and um, how to post pictures and celebrate, just as you said, the, uh, not having use of antibiotics on animals. And so you're talking vibration, 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 aren't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thank you for oh. saying that. I so appreciate that. Yeah, because yeah, it's all yeah. about vibration. And even, I mean, this, if we're going to trigger people, and since you asked me about, like, how do they feel about being eaten, I mean, from an energetic standpoint, I get it. This is very radical, what I'm about to say. But if we take death into the body, I mean, I know most conscious people know this. You're taking the energy of that animal into your body and the energy of what they experienced in their life. And in in some belief systems, you're taking on the karma of that animal. Okay, I'm not Uh here. But what I am saying is that every time we take death into our body, it actually accelerates our own death. That's kind of radical. And I, I have asked, does that apply to plants too or minerals? And... What I understand is not the same way because that plant or that mineral doesn't, isn't the same kind of soul, unified, individualized soul as an animal, a living being that has its own, um, its own sort of sovereignty, its own um, sentience. Not that plants aren't conscious because they are, but they're part of the collective of Mother Earth consciousness. So they don't, it's not quite the same. You know, it doesn't accelerate your death. Whereas eating a dead animal actually does and also activates more death genes within us. Now, I I have no scientific evidence of that. I only know that psychically, spiritually, so I can only say it from that perspective. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. what I understand. Mm -hmm. Kind of makes you want to go vegan or vegetarian. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it does, because even, you know, Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer and some of the grandfathers and grandmothers who brought in information, uh, they would talk about that, too. And if you talk about like energy, attracting like energy, it makes 
total sense that you bring in yeah. dead animals, dead cells, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very much so. And, you know, and yeah. let's celebrate because we're talking also about um, live food, uh, green yes. plants, uh, live energy inside the body, live energy inside yeah. the body. Yeah. And also, I mean, naturally, it's happening for, for all of us as we're awakening, as we're meditating more, as we're at awakening and opening our energy centers, as we're activating our own light body. Most of us feel I mean, I think this is generally true, is that we tend to gravitate toward more and more green foods and breatharian kinds of lifestyles and, you know, pranic living and, um, you know, just eating more from nature than what nature has provided without having to cause harm to another living being. I think we tend, mm-hmm. that tends to be a natural byproduct of our awakening process. I know it yes. has been for mine, and so many, you know, I think many light workers would agree with that. Yes, yes. Most people don't yes. know um, because about breatharians. You want to explain? I mean, I understood that because I had a teacher that talked to me and taught me about breatharians. Do you want to let the audience know what a breatharian is? Yeah, I mean, breatharians are real, and there's lots of documented cases of healthy breatharians. What it is is someone who lives off of the life force of source. So they, for the primary or else at least some part of their diet, they're, they are breathing the breath, and they, they learn how to do it properly. They're trained in what's called a pranic lifestyle where they can breathe in life force of divine source, and that becomes their nourishment. And they don't have to eat food, or at least to whatever degree they eat food, it's a choice. And I know for yeah. myself, there's also something called sun gazers who do something very similar. They're living off of the light, the breath of light. And I know for myself, I'm already doing that to a limited degree. I'm all, I've already started it to a limited degree, so I know when I'm breathing in light from the sun in a way that's healthy for my body, not by looking, I don't look directly at the sun, but I can breathe in the light peripherally and let my body be nourished. I find on those days, I just don't need food. And I might find a whole day goes by and it's just kind of like an intermittent fasting type of thing for me. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. easy for me in Florida because I'm there. But, you know, that's kind of, you know, and it's more like choice and what what's healthy for you. It's not... But not every breatharian does it the same way, and I wouldn't, I'm not teaching that. That's not my area of expertise, but I do know that it's going on, and it's well underway yeah. on Earth. Well, what yeah. is the single most important thing that you think that we can do as a collective to help the animals on a global scale? What do you think the, we can, the, the, what's the single most important thing we can do to help the animals on a global scale? Yeah. Okay. So the first single thing is what we talked about earlier, just by completely abstaining from indulging in any kind of uh, posting or sharing of pain and suffering. And if you have people who do that, you might want to consider like unfriending them or just, just however that means to you in the, in a benevolent way for you to choose to unplug from that kind of timeline, circumstance, scenario, situation. And along with that, simultaneously intending, using the power of your intention to intend that all animals be treated as sentient beings with kindness and compassion and, 
you know, integrity and honor and dignity and whatever else, you know, feels good and right for you to intend and then see, sense, feel, and envision that in your reality and participate in creating that. Just whatever mm-hmm. that means to you. Uh-huh. I want to say uh-huh. it's, it's not just about, I don't, I'm not a believer in denial or pretending. I don't think we should right. pretend it doesn't exist or deny that it doesn't exist. We have to know that those things are existing. And at the same time, through our own inner process of unplugging, clearing and healing, resolving those aspects of us that entangle us with that kind of reality where animals are just treated poorly, as we heal and resolve that within ourselves and disentangle from it and all those, like, you know, ensnarlements and hooks and cords and all that stuff energetically, we simultaneously intend and do everything we can within our ability to create something better in the future with consciousness that the animals are treated with respect and honor and dignity and grace and benevolence as sentient beings with a right to choose. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, as we put our energy into that, um, you know, that's, that's how we create. And that, and that applies really to all of creation. We have mm-hmm. to unplug, clear, heal, and resolve from that which we are not interested in anymore. And we have to do that with a kind of consciousness so that we're not ensnarled it. And then we redirect and focus and intend and energetically, you know, align with these other energies that are more desirable for us. That's the language of energy too. That's like, that's what it's all about. Yes, it is all about. That's, that's what it is. You give such concrete examples that are like perfume. I mean, I seriously mean this, that people can really take away from this program and implement it in their life. So I really appreciate the answers you've been giving us. Um, oh, thank the, you. Uh, the, yeah, the other question I wanted to ask you is that, um, you know, people are doing more bird feeders and butterfly gardens and um, bat houses. It seems like many people are wanting to create kind of sacred space for a family of animals to arrive. Can you speak a little bit about what perhaps a person, an average person can do for outside squirrels and Dear, how we create sacred space for our animal friends? Oh, I love that. Well, you know, I mean, I, I will just say for that, first, do it again, do everything with intention. So if you're creating a sacred space, I mean, it's always really good to get in touch with your own intuitive awareness. Like what would be required? Just start asking your own higher consciousness for assistance and even ask the animal kingdom members of the animal kingdom specifically of that you know whomever you want to invite in if it's bees you know to create a place for bees or whatever it is ask what what would be the highest and best way that i can possibly create the highest and best situation circumstance scenario for these animals to gather here in a safe and loving environment what would be and just ask and surrender Don't look for or seek an answer. Allow the answers to come to you. Just by asking the universe and the animals, you will get an answer. That's that's law of cause and effect. That is a universal law. If a question is asked, an answer will be provided. The thing is, most humans with our left analytical brain, we get in the way because we try to answer our own questions. 
and then the answers provided by our own selves. We interfere. So just start asking, hmm, I'd like to create a safe place that you know, deer could come and that they would love this space and that it would be safe for them and they could come and enjoy themselves in my garden, in my yard, you know, in the woods behind my, what would be required? What would be the highest and best I could possibly do to create that for them? What would allow that? What divine guidance could come into my consciousness to assist? And what might the deer, the deer, like to share with me to assist with that? I will do my best to remain open and to allow that divine consciousness and awareness to come into my consciousness. And let it be. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I let it be. I let it, I let it be done in a divine timing. That's the first thing I'd say, just by setting uh-huh. your intention. Uh-huh. And then other things too. You know, you could do sacred rituals. You can do sage. You can put crystals. Crystals in the ground are always an awesome way when you bury the crystal, put the intention of the crystal into the crystal when you bury it in the ground to unite and, and provide that safe space. And, and then you can do like a sacred prayer to call them forward and that, you know, honor them and bless them. There's all kinds of things, you know, animals love that. They're so open to meeting with us now, you know, hmm. when our hearts open and, and we're aligned. Mm-hmm. So when animals growl, let's say if a dog barks and growls, is that because a person has their heart chakra closed or are they in a frequency of fear or? Well, I mean, a growl can be, mean a lot of things. So if you're, if you're talking about like behaviors, of, for example, if dogs behave with aggression, there typically is something going on in the family behaviorally where either the family is aggressive or the human involved might be afraid of aggression and afraid of both. Maybe they're carrying a lot of fear and they feel like they need some kind of protection. Or it could be that they're learning, that human is learning how to, you know, kind of like stand up for themselves. Because typically what's going on with the animals who have, people who have companion animals, um, there's contracts between them. So the human and the animal have contracted to learn about some kind of behaviors or resolve some kind of behaviors or it's, it's always one, two or three things. Number one, to learn, grow and evolve. Number mm-hmm. two, to have some kind of experience or number three, to heal and resolve something. So, and then of course, if they're companions, you know, to be companions, but that's part of having an experience. So it's always one of those three things, or, or all three of them, or two of them. So if an animal's got some kind of aggression, well, what are they working through? What, are, what is the human and the animal working through together? Maybe they're working through aggression issues or behaving appropriately without aggression or resolving fear-based issues that the animal might be acting in some way to protect a human who has fear-based issues. So it's usually some of that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes total sense. So how can our animal lovers who are, um, you know, like um, people I know are dog sitters and things like that. How can animal lovers begin to learn how to communicate with, with the animals? I ask that because we have a lot of deer on our property here at the Hope Interface Center. Sometimes we have a lot of turkeys that come on our property at our center. Uh, Robins. Yeah. um, Eagles, yeah, uh, woodpeckers, but but for the people who are literally are the dogs uh, setters, like how can they learn how to communicate with those animals? 
Yeah. Well, so first let me just say all animals will, will communicate with you, but not all animals as individuals will necessarily engage with you. So in other words, like wild animals tend to be a lot more standoffish. They chose not to necessarily have one-on-one relationships with humans. So the first thing is to honor their free will to choose. If we mm-hmm. want to communicate with them, but they might choose no. They might be like, you know, I'm, I'm not interested right now. And no is no. You know, that's the first thing. Because they always, I, in my experience, animals are looking to make sure if before they're going to engage with you, they want to know, are you someone they want to talk to? Just like you and I might have that experience, you know. Just recognizing that they have a free will choice and that they have a right to say no. And that's not something you have to take personally. Some animals will say yes, some animals will say no. That's just the way it goes. But that said, it's quite easy to communicate with animals. Once you really are carrying that honoring and respect of them, number one, you have to open. There's a part of you that has to open your third eye, your pineal gland and pituitary glands, those master glands, because those glands are what allow you to communicate through your extrasensory perception. Your extrasensory abilities allow for that kind of dialogue. You also have to open your heart center. You have to be actually using the brain matter in your own heart and be able to communicate through the heart center, that magnetic center. That's a process that we're all going through. So that's part of it. And you also have to be able to access a brainwave frequency that's beyond the regular brainwave frequency that we typically communicate with, which is a beta brainwave. That's what we're using right now. And even a mild meditation, that's only an alpha brainwave. So we need really to go beyond even an alpha brainwave, which is a theta brainwave, right? That's Mm -hmm. a brainwave frequency where telepathy happens. It's real. So when you can access that, that frequency, that's where you can have two-way dialogue, just brain to brain. And so you, you start learning this as you access and awaken these. And as you start awakening and activating your own dormant abilities, which exist within you, we all have this ability. There's no one who doesn't have a pineal gland and a pituitary gland. There's no one who doesn't have a heart. There's no one who, doesn't, who can't access a theta brainwave. And by the way, there's also no one who can't feel the extrasensory energy that comes through the skin as a form of communication. So hmm. all of these gifts, talents, and abilities exist within us. It's up to us to start awakening them and activating them and then learning how to use them effectively as translators of that information as it comes, as it flows. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, totally. And totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah. So but just on an everyday, uh, can, I, can I say for the animals in your yard, do, do I have another? Yeah. For yeah, the animals absolutely. who are, you know, around, yes, you can just invite them. You can, I mean, just asking simple questions and then surrendering is a great way to start. I mean, you can ask a deer in the yard, would you like to share something today? Would you like me to know anything? Would you like to let, is there anything you'd like to share with me right now? And then you just surrender, get the left brain out of the way. This is a practice, you know, but it's like just surrender to what you might receive, whatever that is, and allow. And and again, it's it's a practice. It requires practice, but it's a great way to start. Is there anything you'd like to share with me today? Is there anything mm-hmm. you'd like me to know? Is there any awareness you'd like me to receive? That's a great way to just open mm-hmm. up, you know, and then let whatever comes through. You can also practice sending peace 
I, I don't always even tell people to send love because I have found with animals, oftentimes your version of love is different from their version of love. Mm-hmm. And some animals don't always necessarily want our version of love. Their version of love is very neutral, you know, you know especially as wild animals is what we're specifically talking about, um, you know, animals in the wild. But you can do that too. You know, you can just send peace. How do you do that? Feel peace in your body. Breathe, receive, experience peace in your entire body. And that's just project it to them and ask them to receive it just with your thoughts. It's quite easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you yeah. practice. It does require mm-hmm. practice, but it's easy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. I hope that's helpful. <laughs> yeah, it's very helpful. We have a question on the line here. I'm going to pop this person up. And Hello, you're on the air. Do you have a question for our guest tonight? Yes, sir. Good afternoon. Um, I, I lost my... Um, my beautiful Chih Tzu, uh, she, she lasted almost 19 years old. She died in December. And I want to know uh, if her condition was something that I could have saved her. What was, what was the real reason she died? Mm. I'm so sorry. I just want to say I send you my deep compassion. I really sincerely am so sorry because I know, like, our, no matter what we know about the afterlife and that life continues, the loss is a loss and love is love, you know, and that's real. You loved your companion so much and you still do. And that love is, will continue. Um, so can you just tell me your first name and your animal's first name so I can just tune in a little more specifically for you? Yes. Uh, her first name was, uh, her name is Sasha. And uh, I will go by Melissa or Monica. Okay. Sasha, her name okay. is Sasha. Yeah, so Sasha, and you you go by Melissa or Monica. So this is what I'm picking yeah. up right away, is that, um, okay, to tell to tell you this that and this is this is generally true. So animals, all all moments of the actual physical death are a sacred contract and a sacred agreement. So animals and humans, we have multiple doors, so we'll call them death doors, where we can transition out of the body. Um, And those are pre-agreed to. And they're never um, set in stone because there's multiple ones. Like you might say, you might, you know, an animal can change their mind and continue to stay. The human can shift and change. And so what I'm getting from Sasha is that was one of death doors. And the purpose of that time for her to move on was because your soul's journey in the physical form was complete and that it was not like anything you could have done at that time to change it because she was ready to transition and move on. I'm just listening a little more, so just bear with me with the pause. Um, Hold on. And that there was like um, great sadness leading up to, and part, part of it was healing Part of the agreement between you two in your lifetime together involved you healing the parts and aspects of you that were related to the wounded child and in a lot of almost your own, um, up until that time, like feeling sorry for yourself. There's no judgment on this, you know, just that that's part of what you were working through, feeling victimized, feeling maybe abandoned by a mother figure. Um, parental figure and that she was there to show you the strength in you that you could overcome and stand strong and learn your inner power and she was a very powerful powerful dog 
but also very in her neutral, much more in her neutral. So she was able to hold that strength within her and to help you find that within yourself. That was part of the agreement between you together while she existed at that that the time she crossed over, her time was done because you had really learned and embodied so much of those lessons and learnings and that that uh, evolution together was complete. But not that her journey with you is complete because she continues to be around you in the non-physical realm, acting as a guide and a way shower to you. So she's still around you and she hasn't reincarnated yet again because she's not done and complete with you. Is this making sense to you? Yes. Yeah. And just to understand there's no fault, no wrongness in this relationship that uh, this is something comes in all the time from animals have crossed over and it's definitely coming in from Sasha too, to celebrate her life with you, celebrate her because this honors her sacred contracts and agreements with you and glorifies her service to you. It glorifies everything that she did for you and with you while you guys shared a physical lifetime together. So I hope that's helpful, Melissa. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I know there's still, like, great love between you that will continue. Thank you for phoning in. Thank you so much. I wanted to ask you, Thank you, you so Roy, much. When, when animals yeah. leave the planet and they reincarnate, do they change can they go into like another animal? Like does a lion come back as a giraffe? Does a giraffe come back as a tiger? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So a lot of times that does happen. Here's the interesting thing. What I've learned from my own animal communication with so many animals and humans too is that they often reincarnate in the same they typically reincarnate in the soul, same soul family, like over-soul groups. So they're soulmates to us. They might not always be like a cat to a dog, like a cat to a cat or a cat to a dog or a cat to a bird kind of thing, but they tend to stay in the same soul families from reincarnation to reincarnation. But that's not okay. always the case. They might mm-hmm. also say, hey, I want to now experience life as a wild animal where I've been in a family. They have a lot of free will choice, and they actually have a little more um, freedom, uh, ease in shifting from the kind of body or the kind of soul family because they're less entangled than we are. They have fewer entanglements and ensnarlements, so they can shift out of a soul family and then have a whole new soul family shifting from different kinds of experiences. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. And to animals, then but, to the souls. Go ahead. I know. I, I think I know what you're about to ask. Can you tell me if this is it? <laughs> but typically, in my experience, animals don't typically choose to become humans. That's okay, a human that's belief question. system. Yeah, I knew that's what you're gonna. Ask. So, yeah. <laughs> in other words, human the human belief system in like a, a lot of ancient belief systems, especially like coming out of India and um, ancient ancient beliefs, are that animals are reincarnating to become humans. And in my experience as an animal communicator, that tends to not be the case. That most animals say, "I have no desire to be a human." Your experience is much more difficult and unpleasant and challenging than ours is. We're much more free 
and liberated. We're less attached to our bodies. We're more easily able to shift in and out of the matrix that we've been existing in prior to 2012, which I know that's a whole other conversation. But they actually were able to leave this reality, come back. Like they have a lot more freedom and liberation in terms of their choices to incarnate and reincarnate. So they're not, from, from my communication and telepathy with them, they're not trying to become humans, the bulk of them. Okay. But it's okay. not unheard of that an animal might become a human. That's possible, and that has happened. And I have heard animals say that, that they, you know, were a human and or that they've become a human. They used to be animals. So, you know, it's not, it's not in my experience, it's not out of the question. It's just not the norm. Mm-hmm. Right. Not generally right. the case. Huh. Does that make sense? Well, I have, absolutely, absolutely. I have a question coming on the air from Krissa. Krissa? Yes. Hi. You are on the air. Would you like to ask a question? Awesome. Yes. Hello. Hi. My name is Krissa. Hi. And Hi, Krissa. I just have a question about my dog, Layla, that had passed away just this year, one day before Easter, and she got hit on the road. She wasn't even a year old. And I was just wondering if you had any messages she might have for me and my family. Yeah, I'm just in the, in the moment of silence, I'm just tuning in there, Krista. Okay. Yeah, so first I just want to, again, I want to just say, you know, I just want to express my compassion and, and, you know, sorrow, and but also love for you and for your animal, um, Layla, you. crossed over. I know that's got to be just heartbreaking. Um, here's what I understand, and I'm getting this from, I, I do feel very clearly that I'm getting this directly from Layla, and that is that at the moment of the impact, she had already set herself free. So she didn't experience any immediate pain in that moment or any conscious experience of her personal pain um, mm-hmm. from, from impact. So that, first of all, that she wants to reassure you that. And to understand the greater lesson here, the greater purpose of this, I'm going to do my best to translate this. Hold on. Just give me a moment here. Mm-hmm. Okay. As I understand it, prior to her crossing, there was some dissension and disagreement in the family unit or in the environment among, it might have even been you and a boyfriend or a sibling, a male figure it feels like, but someone of um, kind of like a stronger male type of energy. Um, And that this disharmony was creating... um, challenging circumstance for her sensitivity and that part of her objective in her departure was to assist in two ways. Number one, through her departure, that this would assist all beings involved in this disagreement, this disharmony in the environment to come into more compassion through their own experience of loss, greater compassion and also greater, just give me a second, I'm helping, trying to understand this word, um, gentleness, more, to bring more gentleness 
into the environment. That mm. was going to be one of the sort of, um, you know, it's not true that we have lessons to learn, but we humans believe we do. We believe we have lessons mm-hmm. to learn. So we create these scenarios. So you were going to learn this lesson, but you really didn't have to learn it so much. It's just that that's part of what was going to happen. All right. Then the mm-hmm. other part was, in a way, there was a decision, a choice on her part. To ha- through the experience of you kind of learning this, that she too would be liberated from that kind of energy because she was choosing something more gentle. It wasn't, that, it wasn't a rejection. There was a lot of love there. It was just sacred contract and agreement to heal and resolve these kinds of issues. Is this making sense? Harsh, harsh speaking, harsh language, yeah. resolving that, coming into greater gentleness and compassion. Is this making sense? Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope that's helpful because, like, if we were doing healing, you know, that would be part of the healing. We, we can download things straight from source so we never need to learn a lesson again. So we can just receive the gifts of, of the lesson without having to perpetuate it or learn it. Because we're now at a time we really don't need to learn these things anymore. But the animals do help us. They help us in that way, and I, that's what I'm understanding. But I just want to say this final word. It's almost like what she's saying is just to let you know that, you know, again, that the love that you share is is still there and that your animal is, she's still around you and the softness. And there was a reason for it right around Easter too, you know, her own resurrection, like that concept of resurrection is there, you know, like you are all rebirthing anew into greater love and gentleness together. Mm-hmm. I hope that's helpful. Yes, it is. Thank you. You're welcome, Chrissy. Back. Back. Thank you for calling in, my love. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, welcome. thank you so much. So that's what animals do. They really come in again as our teachers in many ways. And when you talk about mirroring the family behavior or mirroring sometimes either the health or the dysfunction of the family, that, that those animals can mirror that, correct? Yeah. Yeah, because, again, they, are, they really are sponges, and they are the ultimate empath. So they feel and sense everything going around them, on around them, in the environment that they live in. And plus they're super telepathic because they don't have this overactive left brain trying to, you know, filter, discern, make sense. They just pick up all this telepathic in, information through that theta brainwave because they're already using that theta brainwave frequency. They're already in that kind of like peace and openness to receive that. So they, they pick up on our thoughts and our beliefs and our, you know, our opinions and our judgments, and they have so much awareness about that. So then they'll mirror that to the human to help bring clarity to the human about what's going on in the human's reality. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. like it's part of their role, you know, to help us like, oh, what's going on with my mother-in-law? Like, why am I feeling this way? Or, well, you know, whatever it is going on in our minds, they're picking up on it and revealing it to us in that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And yep, I also know just through, just, just, yeah, and just through this, this, you know, all of this healing that I do and all the work that I do that, very often an animal will pick up some kind of dis-ease before it ever shows up in the human. So hmm. that's another way that animals help us see, like this is going on 
And if you see it in me, you can heal it and resolve it within yourself before it ever needs to happen within you. Hmm. Hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about the work that you do. You know, you said that over the past 20 years, you've transformed the lives of thousands of humans and animals via your um, channeled messages and your ascension guidance. Can you tell us a little bit about more about that? I know that you talk about DNA and sacred key code activations. So how do you transform the lives of thousands of humans and animals with the work that you do? Well, a lot of times it's just that. Like, I, he, like for example, people will come to me. Um, a, lot of pe- a lot of times they come to me with something that's going on. Like, for example, one of the clients I'm working with right now, her animal companion has been dealing with issues of skin allergies and skin issues so bad that the animal's like scratching has been prior to working with me scratching his own skin off, you know, and the vets don't know what to do. And they basically are giving, um, you know, like antihistamines and then, you know, um, hormonal, not hormonal. What's those, um, those, those shots that I'm forgetting the name of them. Um, but anyway, they give them shots, like different kinds of shots and, um, Yep, immune. Uh, um, forgetting the name of it. I, I don't know why I'm forgetting the name mm-hmm. of it. It, it. It's like, you know, they give them those shots, that, that cortisol shots and those kinds oh, of yep, shots, right? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And they're basically, basically band-aiding it, and then it comes back even worse than before. So the animal, the human comes to me, doesn't really know how to deal with this because she's gone to the vet. She's basically exhausted her resources, and this has been going on for years. So we connect in with the animal companion and find out, like, what's going on here? And I don't know anything about the human in this situation, right? turns out, well, of course, skin is a boundary issue. Skin always is how we deal with the environment around us. So the animals are talking about communicating, like, well, this, this woman basically has had humans basically telling her her whole life who she is and, you know, how to live and judging her and criticizing her and condemning her. And basically she's had a couple of experiences where her children were taken from her because she had them at a very young age. And now she's dealing with relate, lots of relationship issues. And this is like hmm. not anything the person even told me. She just came to me like, what do I do to fix my animal skin itchiness? So we have to go deep dive to find out what's going on with the boundaries of this human's experience. So through this, discovering that these boundary issues are going on in the human's life and then healing and resolving them at that core level and recognizing that's not just from this lifetime, that there's a sacred agreement between the human and the animal in this lifetime to heal and resolve it from other lifetimes too, which are just parallel realities. As we heal and resolve that on an energetic basis, on a contract basis, and through all their lifetimes, now suddenly the itching starts to get better. Why mm. is that? And then we additionally treat it with changing the diet because, of course, the human was feeding the, this dog all kinds of dried food, which is just carbohydrate to the body. It doesn't matter what these dried food companies tell you. They could tell you there's protein, 90% protein, whatever they want to say. The body still treats dried food as a carbohydrate, and the carbohydrate turns to sugar in the body, 
And that sugar gets processed that creates all kinds of unhealthy things. So we change the food as well to a raw food organic diet and we put in certain healthy supplements like chlorella and spirulina and milk thistle for the liver. These are all natural supplements and certain kinds of medicinal mushrooms and healthy oils like hemp oil and, you know, um, certain, you know, flax oil and certain other things. I incorporate muscle testing in the process too to determine what's best for the body. Well, through all of this process, you know, and it's not an hour, it's not a, it's not a pill, but it's been, you know, just a matter of weeks, something that's been going on unhealable for years is now finally healing. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the kind of work that I do. But it started with just communicating with the animal to find out what's going on. And what's, hmm. what is the animal trying to get through to the human? And then digging deep through that and then addressing it energetically, not just this lifetime but others as well. And as we resolve right. through that and shift and change physically, emotionally, mentally, energetically, spiritually, that's a holistic approach. And it's for the animal and the human. That's the right. kind of work I do. That's what, what I do with people and animals. Hmm. I mean, that's one-on-one stuff. But we also do, you know, since you mentioned sacred key codes and DNA activations, you understand all this stuff is stored up in the DNA. So the first two strands of DNA, right, they're just representing our relationship with our ancestors and what we've perceived and taken on through our lineage. But as we do healing and clearing, the, the record of the DNA and the way it's recorded in the DNA, which is also our Akash, that's our Akashic records, it's in our DNA, that record changes. So the information is still accessible, but the effect that it has on us is completely transformed, becomes more neutralized, right? So your DNA mm-hmm. might still say there's a record of you know, diabetes in your ancestors, but now suddenly the, the gene's not activated, it's not turned on, it's totally dormant innocuous Mm. you're impervious Mm -hmm. to it you're immune to it right but there's 10 more strands of physical dna that exist in our bodies this is true for animals too and there's way more than 10 of course but that's etheric and science doesn't necessarily know because they can't see it under a microscope but nonetheless those other 10 strands are waiting to be activated and they they're storing all kinds of other information codes, genetic code, you know, key codes, sacred codes, light codes. Yeah, and as that gets activated, that's where all of our extrasensory abilities come on. That's where it's stored for us, waiting for us, when we're ready to act, act, you know, to, to receive it. But we have to be first in that state of loving care, loving compassion, kindness, empathy, caring, peace, unity, consciousness. That's what really helps us to activate those other strands because we can't access those greatest gifts until we are using it for the greater good of ourselves and all others and with harm to none. Excellent yeah. answer. <laughs> I yeah. love it. I love it. We have a phone call yeah. from Vince from New York. We'll put him on the air. Hello, you are on the air with Lori. Do you have a question for her? Yeah, Lori. Uh, I have a cat uh, named Patches. And she's a real sweetheart. And my wife and I, we rescue, we've rescued many cats over the years on the streets, and she just happened to be one of them. She is a real sweetheart, but 
um, just recently she started um, biting and gnawing at herself to the point that she took off the fur and, and raw skin was there right up to her thigh. So we bandaged her up and everything is healed except this one little spot and we, about another week she should be healed. But we're afraid that if she takes off the bandages, she's going to start gnawing at herself. Now that, we plan to take it off, of course, and the cone on her head and bathe her and hoping that that will help her. But I I'm just afraid we're just afraid that she's gonna keep dogging herself. Can you find out why she's doing that and, and talk to her and, and let her know that this is a concern for us and to stop it? Yeah. Okay, well so let me first answer you a little bit with the left brain. We can tell animals to stop it, but it doesn't mean they will. And actually, even me telling her to stop it is almost a waste of my time and yours too because there's a reason she's doing it. So it's more important to understand that just animal communicators make that mistake all the time, in my opinion. They think they can tell an animal to stop something. And it's like the animal's like, well, I'm doing it for a reason. And just you telling me to stop it is like me telling a smoker to stop smoking. Until the need underneath the reason why they do it is addressed and healed and resolved. I mean, like, just in a smoking example, smoking is an act of, you know, there's a lot of lack of self-love and self-care when we smoke because we're, like, killing ourselves, right, when we smoke. So understand your, your cat's doing it for a reason. And you're right to think that the moment... It's possible that the moment you take the bandages off, she could recreate it because if, if the underlying root cause hasn't been addressed, it's quite likely that she would redo it, right? But here's what I am picking right. up on that will very likely help you, and there's, I know there's more to this, so stay with me here, Vince. Number one, okay. the reason on a physical level animals are typically doing that, on a physical level, is because something in the food is causing some kind of response, right? Energetic inflammation or allergen. And that typically points immediately to either dried or canned food. So my first question is, are you feeding them dried or canned food? Are you feeding Patrick dried or canned uh, food? We, she has access to dry food all the time. Uh, as far as the canned food, she she gets it once a day. She gets like a quarter of uh, one of the small cans of wet food. Yeah. Right. So and what she doesn't like to eat that do? much. And then, and, and right. but then we give her treats too. We give her the pounces, like the kitty treats that that's supposed to help them with their teeth and all that stuff too. Yeah. So that all that food is a problem. It's on a physical level that's the root problem. Only physical, right? So we we humans have to start realizing, like we all are waking up to how food affects us and the energy of the food. So dried food is hay. And hay is for horses, but not for dogs and cats. So dogs and cats are bred from... Hey, hey Vince, I'm sorry. Can you either mute yourself? Because there's like a lot of movement in the microphone, and it's, it's really hard to hear. Um, so if we're feeding our cats and dogs um, dried food that converts to sugar, and sugar in the body creates candida. Candida is unhealthy overgrowth of unhealthy bacteria that eat sugar, feeds off sugar, and through that process it actually creates these allergens in the body. So the, what I recommend is a raw organic pet food, which is more money, but it will save you vet bills and illness and sickness of the animal. 
And if you can't do that, you can make a homemade prepared food, and you can get a veterinary-approved recipe for any kind of homemade prepared food. that you, You prepare one day for a month, and then you freeze it all and just take out a week's supply at a time. That's what I recommend. Well, that's either, what my, either or. Yeah, that that's yeah. My wife does that. She feeds her she feeds her chicken. She cooks it, and then freezes it, and then heats it up like on a daily basis, and gives gives that to her. Okay, I thought I heard you said that you were giving dried food all the time. Did I not hear that? Well, Am I wrong? Yeah, the dry food the dry food we leave out twenty four seven for her. Yeah, not good. That has to go. It's yeah. not healthy. It's like getting cookies all day long. And yeah. so that's why you oh. have a veterinary-approved recipe. So that it doesn't have to be veterinary-approved. It has to be balanced and species-appropriate. So that's the first thing. You have to get a balanced, species-appropriate, either raw food, pet food, or else a home-prepared food that's close to raw or lightly cooked, but definitely species-appropriate and balanced home-prepared or raw, pet food made, right? That's the first thing. Because on the physical level, the itching is because there's allergens in the body and reactions to too much sugar and carbs and canned food. Dried food and canned food is is just not species-appropriate. It's just not. It's not appropriate for our cats and our dogs. And I'm sorry that we've been doing that. Okay. Okay, the second thing I want to say to you, Vince, is on an emotional level with your cat, Patches, this is what's going on. Just This is telepathic, right? So you see where this resonates for you. This, this cat and you and your wife, too. Can you give me your wife's name? It almost doesn't matter, but Kathy. you're saying your wife, too. Kathy. These are healing the balancing, the balancing between you. What this cat is here to assist you with is healing masculine and feminine energy. And where it's out of alignment and where the balance between the two in each of you needs to come into alignment. So this kind of like boundary issue of the skin is where you and Kathy are both experiencing in your lives some misalignment with respect to your own inner masculine and inner feminine, knowing that both of you have both, a feminine and a masculine, and where the two of you are working through these relationship balances and imbalances in your life. Is this making sense to you? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where you want to look at because the skin, again, is a boundary, right? The itching is like, what's itching you? What's itching you? I'm saying it like that. But what I really mean is for you specifically, where the boundaries between the, ma- the masculine and feminine roles, the masculine and feminine energy within each of you as individuals has been perhaps out of alignment with balanced energy and balanced boundaries in your relationship, not just with each other, but with others as well. This is what, and understand as you're working through these issues, so your cat patches is working through them too. There's one other little piece here I'm going to add, and that is that there's an issue of being wanted, wanted and needed. So you love your cat, and your cat knows that. But underlying, 
that energy's there. Like, you want to explore your own inner belief systems. Are, are we wanted? Do we feel wanted? Do we feel needed? It's important for us all to feel wanted and needed by ourselves, by one another. We need, we need that. We're, we're all tribal in that sense, that we are, we're community beings. Cats and dogs come from packs, prides and packs. And we also want to feel wanted and needed. So I get that this is a theme that the three of you are also learning to heal and resolve. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, so those are those those energetic frequencies are what need to be somehow healed and resolved on the energy level, the emotional level, the mental level, the spiritual level, but on the physical level, change the food. And if I could say, I I, I just say. I literally just put a, a free video on YouTube. If you search my name, it's 15 minutes, and it is like, here's what you need to feed your cats and dogs. Go watch it. I wrote a book called Stop Feeding Me Junk, Superfoods for You and Your Pets, and I just, I literally put the bulk of it, like a really good chunk of it, in that video. I, I just, I can't say enough how helpful I think it will be for people. It's gifted, right? So go watch that. I think it will help you. Yeah, that'll okay. help you, Ben. Yeah, because I... Yeah, I know about I know about sugars because, see, I used to be bodybuilder, so learning about food, you had to know the difference between simple sugars and complex sugars, and, and a lot yep. of people yes. don't understand that. So. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. So you so you know thank yeah you. that raw raw food will help that yeah thanks sorry yeah. <laughs> thanks Vince. Right. that's okay thanks thanks for calling Vince we have another phone call from. New Jersey. Lisa? Hi. Hi, yes. You were on the air. Mm -hmm. Yes. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Um, Okay, I have a dog also, um, and he has has trouble. He's been having trouble eating since January. I've done a lot of different uh, foods for him. He was eating raw food. Uh, dried raw food and now I'm basically home cooking for him and he will still sometimes not even eat the whole thing but he ate today but yesterday he didn't eat Um, I'm just like what is going on you know like what is going on and it's just irregular eating patterns and uh, yeah I'm just so like eat already. Help! I I done force feeding him because sometimes he wouldn't eat for three days. I'm not sure if it was because of the homemade snacks that I was making for him that he got spoiled, or that the raw food didn't taste good anymore to him. But it's very challenging uh, to um, you know he likes treats like if I give him chicken. That I cooked, he'll eat that. Usually, you know, he yeah. will eat that. Could I, could I ask you, Lisa? I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to get to it for you. What is your dog's yeah. name? Uh, Bodie. B O D I. O D H I. Okay. So this is what I am picking up. Um, mm-hmm. IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, which maybe I might have a slight variation on this, but it's like. Upset tummy, very, very sensitive, 
not able to easily digest and belly center. That's everything I'm getting. Now, I want to ask you, Lisa, do you have any kind of irritable bowel syndrome that you're aware of? Uh, No. Okay, that's okay. That's all right. Doesn't mean... So, but here's where I'm going to go because I know this is right, is that you are dealing with issues of your own personal power, personal power, and how to navigate your own personal power. This is um, resonating uh-huh. as I'm as I'm understanding and receiving. Uh, upset belly, upset belly. Uh, I don't. I'm not getting. I don't think it's leaky gut. I think it's just like this uh, difficulty digestion, but also a kind of. Um, Overall, in your life, it's like a kind of stickiness. It's a combination of like hard energy, soft energy, tough and not tough, tough and wimpy almost at the same time. This is like personal uh-huh. power issues. Is this making sense to you? Yeah, it makes sense to me. But what if it's so horrible with my dog? Power issues. I know. With so my dog. So it's not, it's not, but you understand that you're just working through these issues together, the two of you. So let's let's just see what, how, now that we can sort of get, I always go, first I try to find out what's going on. Then I come, try to come to the solution, right? What kind of solution? All right. So the big, big thing that's lighting up for your dog, one of the big things is colostrum. Do you know what colostrum is? Yes. Colostrum. Oh, colostrum. Colostrum. Mm. No. Colostrum. C O L L O S T R U M. I'm pretty sure it's a U M. Colostrum. So, what colostrum is, is a powder that is um, like a first milk, right? It comes from cows, but it's what they take off during the pasteurization process. And actually, it's what is in breast milk that makes breast milk so healthy. And actually, after the pasteurization process, milk isn't very good or healthy at all. But the colostrum yeah. that they take out is really healthy. And animals actually love colostrum, and it's incredibly healthy for something like irritable bowel syndrome, if that is indeed part of what's going on here. Just what's lighting up is personal power, belly center. When I tune into your dog, it's like really soft, really wise, really gentle, combined with your kind of like powerhouse energy. You're a powerhouse, and yet there's a part of you that's sort of like feels like a little wired, but at the same time, your dog is just like soft, gentle energy, and that these two are at odds, and that's the irritability. That's like the power struggle within. That, that's the stuff energetically that you need to heal and resolve or look at with the intention of healing resolve, and resolving within you, right? That's part of what the contract is that I'm picking up between you two. So that's an important aspect, right, which you can't do in a, in a moment with a pill, but at least once you understand, oh, this is what my dog's trying to help me to resolve within myself so I can become more aligned with peace and love and et cetera. Not that you're not peaceful and loving. That's not at all. It's just more like this is the energetic frequency that needs to be addressed. But on a physical level, 
you know, the why is the dog not eating? It's partially that. So if you can give your dog something like this colostrum to help coat the stomach and build up um, strength in the in the lining, colostrum does that. It's an amino acid strength building, basic building block that will help coat and soothe the stomach on a physical level so we can take in more gentle food. Does make sense? I think you might also want to consider, you could consider also um, adding some like baby food for your dog, like baby, actual baby food, human baby food, making sure there's no sugar in it or. Like vegetables. I mean, I can, yeah. I cook vegetables. Yeah. Yeah, or I don't. I didn't want even to be eggs. in those cans. Yeah, eggs he yeah, gets too, and I didn't want to give him the canned dog foods that are supposed to be good for digestion from the vet. He swallowed it up so quickly. I was like, "What? You're eating this junk, and you don't eat the food that I make for you? That's or the healthier foods? I just didn't. No, I'm not going to go there with him. You know." But Lisa, I'm can not I ask give you a question? What 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 age is Bodie? What age is he? He's like over ten. Okay. So he's just very sensitive. He's a very sensitive dog, and you're a really strong, powerful woman. And you might want to just, and also you're kind of like there's some anxiety, you know, like neurosis. That that kind of stuff is what you want to go and explore from the healing perspective, because that's. That's kind of what I'm picking up on on the energetic level. The only other thing I'd say with Bodhi, too, is practice meditating with him. Learn how to meditate with your animal and do lots of energy healing circles, like Reiki healing circles and energy healing circles, with him included, because he will also benefit from that. That will really yeah, he does. relax. He comes to yoga. Yeah, that's good. He comes to oh, yoga that's and good. stuff. He, he does. When the yoga sessions are good, he will totally go in it. But when they're not so good, he just doesn't care for it. He knows when it's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, he's tuning into what you know, too. You understand? He's just feeling yeah. what's going on in your environment. So, um, yeah, that, he's my I, soul. to me, that's, that's what's going on. Like, you know, it's that kind of internal power struggle between really being this, like, look at you. You're like this power force yoga woman doing beautiful healing. But when you leave the yoga room, are, how much stress and anxiety and neurotic kind of nervous energy are you still plugging into at different points in your in your life? You know, not necessarily every day, but energetically on an ongoing basis. That's, that's what's at your what I'm picking up and what I'm understanding and translating, that's what's at your fundamental core that you want to be healing and resolving so this experience can start shifting and changing for the better. Yeah? Okay. And the colostrum, can I mix it with uh, some chicken and give it to him in the treat? You can mix it with... I would usually mix it with clean, pure water, but you can mix it into the food as well. Yes, It is food. It is it's food. It's food. Oh, it's I a can form put it of in food. Clean. Yeah, I'm not sure how drink water the water. Yeah. It's like a milkshake if you make it with water. It's oh. sort of like a creamy, creamy substance. Oh. Yeah. And I can drink it too. I can eat it too, I guess. 
Yeah, you can as long as you're not a vegan because it's like milk. Right. The other thing I would, I'm okay. doing this is lighting up too, even to give to your dog, is um, ghee. Ghee butter. What? So all this ghee. Oh. Ghee. G-H-E-E. Yeah, yeah, I so you know can get that, that butter. Yeah. So you can get that at the grocery. And that kind of healthy fat, that is healthy fat, healthy cholesterol, that really, these fats coat and soothe the body. And they are healthy fats that really nourish. So it's not like the body has to break anything down with these kinds of healthy fats. And I get that your your dog needs some of that, you know, healthy fat. Okay. You know, Laura, right, I'm going to let you go with that. I hope that's helpful. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, that's helpful. yeah um, thanks, so Lisa. What everybody yeah. What everybody needs to remember is exactly what you said. There's a dual healing going on there with all of our yes. animals. Is, isn't that what you're trying yes. to get across to uh, a New York person and Lisa from New Jersey? Is that um, yes. they need to take, it's not just about feeding your animals the correct food, but maybe perhaps feeding them, themselves the correct food as well. Yes, and, it definitely is. But I, I, even more than that, I, mean, I love what you said about the dual healing because that's absolutely yes. true. I mean, it's, yes. it's always the case that what's yes. going on with the animal is somehow reflecting in the human's reality or the animal's reflecting what's going on in the human's reality. So there's a dual healing, 100% hope. You're so right on. Yes. And also that, you know, we might be looking for the solutions in the food, and that is a solution, but it's only an aspect of the solution. It's not the whole solution. If we yes. don't see the energetic, the energetic issue as the core issue, we're still only band-aiding the solution. The food itself yes. is only a teeny aspect of solution. So I, I, there's something I missed saying that I really want to say, and it's true, like with what Vince brought, all three of the callers, especially also Lisa, is to understand the concept of the energy of the masculine and the feminine. So we're living in a reality where we have been associating masculine and feminine just associated with a physical body. Like you're masculine if you have a masculine energy, if you're a man body, and you're feminine if you have a feminine energy. And we're shifting into a reality. We're starting to recognize like, oh, masculine energy is like this kind of like stronger dominant energy and feminine energy is sort of a softer, flowy energy. But that's not actually even true. I mean, that's an aspect of truth. It's not an untruth. But the real truth is this. Masculine energy is movement and creation. Mm-hmm. Feminine energy is existence, being. So humanity is dramatically missing the human beings, and not so much animals, but humans, we're missing the being. We, don't, we haven't taken any time to just be. And we're now in a reality, a fifth dimensional reality, where we have to start being. We have to take a lot more time to just walk and do nothing, sit and do nothing, breathe and do nothing, just be. And this is like, to me, when I hear Bodhi, like I'm hearing him scream, like tell her to sit and be, just be. Like it's like this dog is like... Please just be. That's what I feel like. He's like panting, almost looking at me like, tell her to just be. Mm -hmm. That's feminine energy. Just be. It's all that is. 
Feminine energy just is. It's not doing anything. So, and also this is true, I get also with patches. Like I have this strong feminine energy in Kathy, this softer, gentle, more gentle energy in Vince, and yet both of them are really strong. Both are strong. It's just, it's inviting in the balance of that doing and being, working in collaboration together. So, you know, I hope that's helpful. Yeah, I, think I said that's three of the really calls. I know there were four, but I just, I, I specifically these two is what I. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I want everybody to know about that a dual healing is going on. Like you said, it's not just about the dog is what is going on within the family. What's going on within the person? What's happening there? That's your, I loved it when you said, I don't know which call you said it, but there is a, that you're both healing. You, there's a, something going on for the both of you. So, yeah, um, yes, that's powerful. So tell our audience, I know we're coming down uh, to the final uh, process here. What kinds of materials or books would be valuable to our readers and uh, our listeners to read at this time if they want to learn how to communicate with animals or even feed the animals? What do you have to offer on your website for them? Yeah. Well, the first thing, I would love people to go over to the website and then get a, some free classes from me. So if they go to lorispanya.com forward slash free gifts, they will get a free class on animal communication and telepathy. They'll get a free class on developing their intuition. And they'll also get a free class, uh, sorry, a free Juicy Living ebook. That's at lorispanya.com forward slash free gifts. And then also, if they are interested, even on that home page, they can get even more free gifts by going to lorispanya.com forward slash free gifts forward slash animals. And at that link, they'll get, when they join there, they'll get, um, in addition, a, a, an ebook that I wrote called Three Plus an MP3. Uh, three simple and effective, uh, three si- three simple steps to effective energy healing with animals and humans, plus seven surefire steps to making a heart-centered energy connection with you and your animal companions, and another MP3 class. Like there's tons of free stuff over there. Another free class called Eleven Ways to Have a More Magnificent Relationship with Your Animals. It's like it's really good stuff. It's all about energetics, working with energy. So that's at lorispania.com forward slash free gifts and lorispania.com forward slash free gifts forward slash animals. And then the other thing I'll say too is if they want to go over to Amazon, there's that book called Stop Feeding Me Junk, Superfoods for You and Your Pets, plus my other books like, you know, that you mentioned at the beginning of the call about learning animal communication and telepathy and also about learning how to develop your psychic intuitive gifts. That's it. You can just search my name at Amazon, and you'll find them. Wow. So I hope that's that's a good – those are good places to start. <laughs> There's it tons is. on my website. Yes, those yeah, I mean, are like, such good places. Yeah, I mean, if I could say – I'll say one other thing if it's okay. Is it okay if I say Absolutely. one other thing? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, also on my website under the membership, if you really want to go deeper, there is a full – year-long membership there with over 100 hours of content plus ebooks. All my ebooks are there um, and energy healing for people and animals and 
just tons of class content on learning animal communication telepathy, plus all kinds of stuff related to ascension and reading your Akashic records and your intuitive gifts and just, I mean, there's so much content in there. If you're interested in the membership, it's a year long of access, over 100 hours of content, plus tons of PDFs, eBooks, workshops, worksheets. There's a full class on the secret energy of money and the spiritual laws of wealth and abundance and prosperity. Tons of energy healing activations, DNA activations. So it works. It's it's a fabulous membership, and that's that's um, at LoriSpania.com under the membership tab. If you'd like to go deeper and take on take um, you know get involved in that, yeah. That is great. Awesome. I'm going to spell your last name for everybody. Lori, L-O-R-I, and Spania, if you're looking her up at Amazon or her website, S-P-A-G-N-A is how you spell her last name to get all of that free stuff and information if you want to have a session uh, with her and call her up uh, about your beloved animals and or if you're wanting to learn how to communicate uh, better with your animals and what to do for our beloved animals upon the planet at this time. What a delightful, delightful conversation this was right after Earth Day and uh, bringing that to the forefront. I just want to thank you, Lori, for all the work that you are doing, you have done, and you're continuing to do. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so grateful to to be able to share and contribute and you know, do my part to assist in, in the shift of consciousness. It's really a fun and exciting time, and I'm thrilled to be part of it, you know, and I'm grateful that I get to contribute and share. So thanks for having yeah. me. Oh, yeah, it's been a delight. And like I said, concrete answers. Uh, I love that. Cause sometimes when I have guests on the air and a question will come in, people will leave the air going, huh, what was that? What you say? What does she do? Mm. You were so wonderful at giving uh, really wonderful, wonderful concrete answers. And I really appreciate that. So once again, I just thank you for saying yes uh, to our program and yes to the work that you're doing here upon the planet and uh, for everyone involved, for everyone to open up their oh, heart chakra. Oh, that's my that's joy. Yes. Well, thank you, you know, so much. Can I, can I, do I have time to say one other thing? Or are we, I don't Absolutely. know how much time we have left if we're do, totally no, done. We're oh, all right, good. Because if people want to learn animal communication, I mean, I didn't mention this, but since we have a few more minutes, um, I have a whole school of animal communication on the website. And that's under, you know, it's at my website under this learn, top, you know, learn. And they can see, because people can learn this. There's no one who can't do it. Everyone can learn animal communication. Everyone can practice telepathy. Everyone can have a two-way dialogue. And everyone can actually use this stuff to, to heal. So there's classes like Learn Animal Communication and Telepathy, and there's learning about vibrational energy healing and meditation with animals and with and for them. And, I mean, there's tons of stuff. There's a whole class on animals in the afterlife, and there's a whole course on locating lost animals. And there's also a course on um, spiritual dog training, Plus, I have courses on learning how to use the Akashic Records with ourselves and our animals for healing and divine guidance. So there's lots of great, it's a whole, you know, whole school of animal communication, telepathy, intuition, and energy. For anyone who wants to go even further, you can take the courses. That's over there, too. 
Oh, yeah, that's important. That's important to say that, Laura. I'm glad you put that little bit in because um, there are many people who are, you know, they do want to learn how to communicate more with their animals. And uh, yeah. so all of that information that you have is very valuable for our audience. If you have been listening yeah. to this broadcast, what I would tell you to do is let your friends and neighbors know about this. This will be on our archives uh, that we keep on the Pure Hope Show that at any time, if someone has not been able to listen to it live, uh, please let them know that we always have our programs uh, live, uh, live, but when they are live, they are also put on our archives to have uh, for anyone to listen to. The other thing that I wanted to mention is if you are interested in knowing more about the Hope Interfaith Center uh, and all of the classes and groups that we will have, in, the most important thing that we're having that's coming up right now is called a Star Gathering, a keynote experience. I love the name of this because it's not about a keynote speaker. It's about a keynote experience, helping our planet navigate to peace by moving into oneness. It is going to be held at the Hope Interface Center in Mankato, Minnesota on Saturday and Sunday, June 23rd and 24th. We have six, yes, you heard it, six exciting guests that are going to be here. Reverend Carrie Chapman will be on the uh, with us here at the Hope Interface Center. Uh, David Barnett, uh, Dave the Mystic, who also has a... Uh, blog talk radio show. He is going to be here talking about kinesiology. Shirley B., who comes from Colorado, is going to be doing um, a divine uh, equation for us to wake up to our inner self and our holy soul and our opening up our heart. Caroline Oceana Ryan, who many, many, many people know from the East Coast as well as the West Coast, she talks about the new incoming children that are here upon the planet and how to honor and respect them. Garrett Duncan, who is a Navajo shaman, who will be here working with uh, light language. And of course, Christine Day. How lucky we are to have Christine Day coming to our center once again. So if you are wanting information about this, it only costs for these two whole days. It only costs $222. What a deal to talk and listen to uh, these uh, amazing people here at the Hope Interfaith Center. If you're wanting more information about that, you can certainly call Jody, my beloved assistant, at 507-386-1242. And you can go on www.hopeinterfaithcenter.com slash star gathering and you can get the information about that. So um, also tune in next Tuesday, another live performance, another live opportunity to talk to someone on May 29th at 7 p.m. Central Time. Germa Silva, which many people know, she is a Brazilian healer, an international psychic medium, spiritual counselor and teacher. She is a natural gifted medium and uh, guided energy healer. She grew up experiencing and learning a variety of ancient healing in her native country, Brazil. She comes from Brazil. Nearly 30 years ago, she brought this to the U.S., her spiritual knowledge, her uh, original practice, resulting in captivating and effective healing approach. 
So she offers this in central Minnesota, the U.S., and throughout the world in person, by phone and email, and on the website. Uh, Sessions are available in English, Portuguese, and Spanish. So we are always delighted to have these beautiful beings. And once again, I thank you, Laura, for uh, Lori, for being on the air tonight. You did amazing, amazing, amazing. So thank you, my dear. Well, thank you again for having me. It's such an honor and a pleasure. And I'm yeah. also so grateful to you, Hope, for all that you do and all that you share. So thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Good night, my loves. Until we meet again, namaste, namaste, namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind, be gentle, be loving, be true.